Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm working at- An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. And they've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, welcome, everyone. Chuck Bonnell, Julie Hayden, and True Straight Up on a, what it was? Well, wacky Wednesday. Wacky, no, wacky, I thought a Manic Monday, Wacky Wednesday. Wednesday okay. or Mellow Monday. That's right. That's right. Brought to you by HappyTrees.co and Denver Cynogenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. And uh, we've got with us one of our favorite guests. Um, he heads up Jihad Watch and... and He's uh, all over the place now. He's all over the, the place now. Reds commentating mm-hmm. all over the place. Robert Spencer. Hey, Robert. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it today. Hello, friends. Good to see you again. Yes, yeah, thank you. you. So there's so much. And I'll tell people later on, we're going to be talking about the raid and all that's going on there. Um, but, but as always, Robert, the other day, Chuck was like, he throws me, he goes, we really need to talk about the upcoming elections in Sweden and Italy. And I'm like, we do. I mean, I'm like, I know nothing about it. And he goes, get Robert Spencer. <laughs> and of course, you're like, I know all about that. So. Well, the one thing I, I, I noticed now, the elections have become virtually the same worldwide, the same issues, the same uh, attacks on each other's side and everything else. And so just like back uh, in 2015, when the Brexit vote really was a harpinger for Trump winning in 2016, I think these two elections could also be a harpinger for our midterm elections. Yeah, uh, well, I hope that in all cases it'll be positive. That it is, but you're absolutely right, Chuck. It's shaping up to be exactly the same kind of divide with the entrenched elites saying, oh, our democracy is at stake. (laughs) They mean our control, our hegemony, our little oligarchy is at stake. And these people are coming in who are terrible fascists, by which they mean people who want to restore the borders, restore the security of the nation, fight crime, stop mass migration without assimilation. And it's the same in Italy, the same in Sweden, and really the same here with our southern border and the fiasco. There. Well, and yeah, guess, if well, you want just... to know where where yeah. our, our Democrats got all this fascist, fascist, fascist stuff, it's from Europe, because that's what they've tarred right wing, what they call right wing, far right wing, I guess they call mm-hmm. it. Uh, parties. Oh, you're really fascists or neo-fascists. They or semi-fascists. No, they hadn't come up oh. with that one yet, but maybe they'll <laughs> use semi-fascists next. I mean, it's it's the same it's the same charge, and, and the Democrats, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Let's use that one. Well, you know, the in, in Sweden, they've been doing that for years. The right. Sweden Democrats, which is an excellent party, they've been tarred as fascists, as neo-Nazis, just for wanting to have a uh, some kind of control over mass migration. I mean, Sweden doesn't have that big a population to start with, and they've been absolutely right. inundated with Muslim migrants to the extent that Swedish natives could be a minority in their own country within a very few years. The Sweden Democrats were quarantined. None of the other parties would work with them. But now things have gotten to such a crisis point that the mainstream left parties are now sounding 
like the Sweden Democrats. And yes, the, yes. The, the prime minister there just said, we can't have these Somali enclaves all over <laughs> Somali Sweden. Towns. Break them up. Oh, Somali she, towns. She's why they're there. They, that's <laughs> It was on, on her watch they were established, and now she's going to break them up. It's ridiculous. But, of course, they see the electoral situation, and they know they're in trouble. Well, well let, you, let, let's talk okay. first about Italy, which which uh, the uh, the parties are always um, rise and fall with huge alacrity, um, and mm-hmm. we've we've got we've got the um, uh, the party of uh, Giorgia Maloney, which is called the Brothers of Italy, um, and it appears that Georgia may become the prime minister. In fact, is expected to become the prime minister after the election in September. Yeah, they're really scared, too, because Georgia Maloney doesn't pull any punches. There was recently a terrible video. I don't know if you saw it. It circulated widely on Twitter. Oh, the rape? A migrant, right. A rape going on of a Ukrainian refugee right. by a uh, Muslim migrant, an illegal guy from Africa who has come into Italy. There are boatloads of them all the time. On my own website, Jihad Watch, the other day, I had a video of all these guys. All of them are young men. You know, these supposed refugees never bring their wives or children. They're guys that are 20, 25 years old, military age, good fit, uh, good shape, I mean. And they're coming into Italy. And as they see the shore, they scream, Allah Akbar. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Are these guys going to settle down and assimilate and become loyal Italian citizens? I don't think so. So she tweeted the video of this rape, very disturbing. Obviously, she wasn't in favor of it. She was saying, this is the kind of thing I'm going to stop. And the left parties were furious, not about the rape, not about the mass migration that enabled the rape, but about the fact that she tweeted the video. Right. And I think that's, that's amazing. That's, okay, what's well, the question? Well, here, how we're doing that so folks get a sense of what we're talking about. Um, she spoke back in February at CPAC and had spoken at CPAC before. And we have a little. And, and they're always, you know, they always say, oh, this, this is a dangerous fascist, the worst possible. Oh, yeah, 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 she's a, uh, she, yeah. You know, and, and she keeps going, you know, our, my party isn't fascist. I mean, uh, we're no different than Republicans or Tories. Those are the parties I like and so forth. And no, she's dangerous. She's, she's, <laughs> so here, here's the most dangerous woman in all of Europe. If we could please, guys, play the Georgia Maloney soundbite. Because it shows that the truth of our ideas is ultimately what people are looking for. We live in a time in which... Everything we stand for is under attack. Our individual freedom is under attack. Our rights are under attack. The sovereignty of our nation is under attack. The prosperity and well-being of our families is under attack. The education of our children is under attack. In front of this, people understand that in this age, the only way of being rebels is to preserve what we are. The only way of being rebels is to be conservatives. We're- Which is uh, to be a rebel, you have to be a conservative <laughs> these days. Well, Robert, let me ask you, how did it 
Uh, I have two questions. Actually, I'm at this first one, because Chuck kept interrupting me when I, was trying to interrupt you, yeah. when I was trying to interrupt him. So in the United States, I think a lot of the red pilling is going on because of, of inflation and people can actually see and the crime. People can see with their own eyes and the COVID. They could see with their own eyes um, that they were being lied to. Um, and in Europe, I got to imagine what they're saying, you know, what energy prices are going to like be doubled. Um, inflation is even worse there than it is here. How does that kind of thing? I mean, are they getting red pilled, so to speak, there too? And is that why people like Melania or Georgia Melania are now becoming more popular? Oh, absolutely, Julie. Look, uh, energy prices have skyrocketed in Europe because y- you may have, you may probably almost certainly know about the famous video from 2019 of Trump speaking in Europe and yes. about dependence on Russian oil. And the Germans are there laughing at him. Well, the Germans have been suffering because they do depend on Russian oil. And Russian oil has gotten to be a far more problematic proposition than anybody ever imagined. And so the suddenly the your regular oil bill, your regular uh, uh, heating and air conditioning and everything else, it's it's two, three times, four times more than what it used to be just quite recently. And Europeans are furious. And of course, all of this green energy nonsense that the globalist elites are trying to push on us and say windmills and solar panels are the solution are only making things worse. And people are waking up and seeing that really, actually, if we had not listened to the Greens all this time and had not gutted nuclear energy, which they did in Germany and all over Europe, and had developed their own natural resources, then they wouldn't be in this fix. Well, it's, it's fascinating. Boris Johnson, who is, is serving a kind of lame duck prime ministership, um, has reported that he's anxious that whoever his successor is, that he can carry on his great energy, gr- new green energy program, which is just insanity. Um, it's just <laughs> insanity. You know, he's a failed prime minister because he's so tremendously out of touch. He yeah. is supposed to be the leader of the conservative party, the conservative party, just like the Republican party in the United States is supposed to offer an alternative to the left. But Boris is just, I mean, if Boris Johnson were here, he'd be Mitt Romney. Yes. yes. And it would be, he would be totally useless. He uh, was elected supposed on the promise that he was going to implement Brexit. And instead he basically made it a dead letter He uh, allowed for all this mass migration, boats coming over across the English Channel practically every day, tens of thousands of people coming into Britain, totally illegal. And instead of turning them back and stopping it, he's putting them up in hotels at taxpayer expense. And a lot of the, the this is the kind of thing that turns the people against a leader because you can go on Yelp. And go to the hotels in the southern part of England, really. And you'll see, you know, we had planned this vacation for for a year. We were all excited about going to the seacoast. And we get there and the place is full of Afghans. And they're they're dangerous and they're they're threatening. And it's it's an environment completely different from what we had hoped for and expected. And this is all over England now and as well as Britain in general. 
What so, has happened? Let me ask you this, because I know, you know, I never followed European politics that much. And then I married Chuck, so I followed it way more than I used to. But it seemed to me that there was a time when sort of the politics of Europe and the United States were kind of different. Um, what has happened to make all of a sudden, you know, the, the, for instance, the, the woman who's likely to become the new prime minister of Italy is invited to CPAC to speak and everything she says resonates there. What has been going on in Europe that so, and in the United States, I guess, that has sort of merged us uh, together? Globalization. Well, yeah. yeah you know, it's, uh, that's a tremendous question, a tremendous point, really, because it's true. Uh, what there has not been in Europe is the right, because the right since World War II was associated universally with the Nazis. And so if you were conservative, forget it. You're a Nazi and you're out of of bounds. So uh, I remember going over to speak uh, 10, 12 years ago, and people would say, you have it so different in America. You have Fox News. We don't have anything like that. All the news we have is all just what the left wants out. But the problem is the left has had total hegemony in Europe for so long, and now people are seeing what that means. And so now there is a right in Europe that resolutely rejects any connection with with fascism, with Nazism, with racism, and so on, and which is very much like the American right and is bucking the hegemony of the left. This is something that has just arisen within the last 10, 15 years. Now, we see here in this country... Um, you know, the, the, the big, the collusion between big tech and the, the Biden administration to silence all kinds of dissent and to try to silence the message. I get the impression that that's even worse in Europe. Oh, very much so, yeah. Well, you know, they don't have a First Amendment. Right. And Heert Wilders, the courageous politician in the Netherlands, who's been under police protection now for 15 years more or more, because he uh, insulted Muhammad, you know, and so Muslims have been trying to kill him for so many years, but he still stands and he's still in the Dutch parliament. And he has called for years for a European-wide, an EU First Amendment, that is protection of the freedom of speech. But he has to call for it because they don't have it. Well, it's interesting. When I was at the Republican convention where Trump got nominated, I sat next to Wilders. And all his guards. Oh. <laughs> and it, it was fun talking to him. It was a lot of fun talking to him. Yeah, he's a good we, guy. Yeah, he is. He is. We were kind of in the nosebleed seats because he had to have a lot of uh, <laughs> security. Well, what do you think? And so here's my question. In the United States, we see what's happened with the, the election and the election system and election integrity. Um, in Europe, which worries me, I mean, that, the, you know, if you're the Democrats, you realize people don't like your ideas. So you have to come up with other ways to make sure you get elected. What about in Europe? I mean, like you said, this the, the Georgia Milani is predicted to win. What do they have going on there election-wise? You know what I mean? Oh, I expect they cheat there as well. Uh, But that's a little more haphazard because the election laws are different in every country. And so the the degree to which they have it all sewed up is varying. Uh, But even still, you know, if... Even if they cheat, if the margin of victory is decisive enough, then it can overcome the cheating, just like here. And so uh, what we see in both cases is a lot of lying, that 
the rhetoric is getting more and more hysterical out of the left and all these claims that our very life, our democracy right. is on the line and so on, uh, which, as I said at the beginning, just means our control is in, in, in danger. And they say the same things there, that these people are uh, terrible fascists. That worked quite recently, as a matter of fact, in Germany with Alliance for Germany, which yeah. is yet another uh, uh, nationalist, pro-German, anti-mass migration party and nothing wrong with it nothing fascist or nazi about it but and angela merkel the former chancellor called them nazis at every turn yeah. and uh it, it worked because you know in germany of course they're very sensitive to that yeah. and unfortunately sensitive to that kind of rhetoric and so the party was uh, beaten back but that was a few years ago the situation is changing now very rapidly well let's go on to sweden where everyone sort of thinks of of the welfare state and and uh, as they say our proud tradition of welcoming war refugees and humanitarianism and everything else resulted in them having the highest um, muslim influx per capita in all of europe and that has seemed to really help the sweden democrats and the head of that one is a 39 year old also very nice meek kind of guy jimmy atkinson you know when you're named jimmy even in Sweden, that doesn't quite give you the same thing as Adolf or Benito or, or yeah. something else. Uh, that's That was close. Nobody's sure. They have four parties on the left and four parties on the right, and each of them has parties that could just as easily go on the other side as their own. Uh, and that's supposed to be a very close election. Yeah, and the Sweden Democrats are a major player now. Mm. And, uh, I spoke for them in Sweden about 10 years ago. And I was impressed with them because, as you noted, you know, there's Jimmy and there's a bunch of young guys. It was it was everybody there. I felt like an old man. I was <laughs> 10 years younger than I am now. But everybody I was 50 then. And it, it was it was everybody was 25. Yeah. And this is the future of Sweden. In other words, these are the young people in Sweden and they see what's happening to their country and they don't like it. And they're determined to turn it around. Do you think, is it going to work? I mean, in terms of in Italy and in Sweden and, and maybe other countries, is the, you know, it's like the Titanic. I mean, but is it turning, do you think, back to sort of like what she was saying, you know, basically common sense protections and taking care of citizens and not just making sure that the elite get to control the rest of us? Well, isn't the real question whether uh, Georgia and Jimmy and so forth will, in fact, get into office like Boris did? by promising uh, limitations on immigration and crackdown on crime and and uh, other things. And then just you get elected on one agenda and you just adopt your opponent's agenda when you rule. <laughs> um, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think um, so. Not uh, the, uh, I, yeah. Well, I, like I say, I know the people in Sweden. I don't know the Italians, but I've met the people in Sweden more than once. The Sweden Democrats, I think there's no way they are not. Potemkin uh, fake opposition, controlled opposition. They're the real thing. And right. I have every reason to believe that uh, Georgia Maloney is as well, and m many others all across the continent that I could name. The problem is the same thing that we face here that, uh, you know, of course, there's now the, 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 the rolling scandal, the rolling controversy about Trump allegedly having 
top secret, super secret classified documents. And now all the Russians know our secrets and everything. And, uh, you know, and then they put up out a picture and it's Time magazine covers and stuff. uh, But the thing is, is that it's ridiculous, but it's sinister because it's very clear. These people tried to frame him once. Yes. For collusion with Russia. Now they're trying to frame him for mishandling classified documents, maybe even espionage. And it's very clear that they're going to do everything they can. I think it's it's hard to believe that they will allow him to become president again right. in 25. Right. And so, uh, you know, they'll pull out all the stops, whatever they have to do. These people have obviously shown they're not honest and they're very unscrupulous. And of course, they're very powerful and well-connected. They are the elites. Right. Same thing in Europe. I wonder if Georgia Maloney and Jimmy, uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to take power because the people that we are up against all over the West are very evil and very powerful, and they don't have any hesitation to do the most terrible things. And we see that with all their ways, all the ways that they are trying and have tried already to frame and destroy Trump. Yeah. Well, okay. So you, you worry, and I think it's probably well founded that the, because I think it's a lot of the same powers that be, so to speak. The elites are not just elite, you know, in the United States. That's the the World Economic Forum, all of these people with the, what is it, the New World Order, literally the New World Order. Yeah. And they're not going to just roll over and say, oh, I guess we lost in Italy. So, well, um, what you, what you find is, so you, you, the first try is to do the Russia one. Then you, get rid of Strzok, you get rid of Lisa Page, you get rid of McCabe, and you think, okay, now we're okay. No, there's a whole new set there who believe exactly the same things. And yeah. one of those just recently retired, Tim Tebow, not the quarterback for the Broncos, but... Uh, <laughs> the, bad. <laughs> the bad Tim, exactly. The bad Tim, and, and so you get and so he retired. Well, there, there's, you know, thousands of other Tims uh, just waiting. Uh, to, and in to Italy, too, then. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. The European Union establishment is, as you noted, it's just the same people. You know, Klaus Schwab, I, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this guy, you know, he's, he's a classic Bond villain with his yes. yeah. get up and his German accent and all. And he's just as involved in Germany and in the European Union in general as he is in the United States. You look at the roster of the people in the World Economic Forum, and it's all these people who are the elected leaders of the European Union countries yeah. and Justin Trudeau and a bunch of people in the Biden administration and so on. It's all well, one the two, the two candidates for conservative to, to replace Boris Johnson are both were, were part of the World Economic Forum. <laughs> well, there you go. That's reassuring so, then. <laughs> so you can, you can get this World Economic Forum or this World Economic Forum. Take, so, your, take your choice. No change is coming there then. No. What about other countries then? So if they win in Italy and, and if, you know, the we, we, like she said, now the conservatives are the rebels, which is ironic. Um, what, will it spread? Is it spreading? I mean, European elections kind of come and go. It's not like here where they're just every four years. It's and you've got to build coalitions and things like that. Um, how does how do you see all that playing out? Well, there's no doubt that the tide is turning. I mean, you, like I said, you go back 20 years and you don't have any of this in Europe. And you have just like like uh, we were just saying about Britain, you can have establishment candidate A or establishment candidate B. <laughs> Take your choice. Nobody even knew there was an establishment. You know, even back in 2016 in the United States, 
uh, I think most people thought that there were two political parties. Right. Probably a lot. Probably most people still think there were two political parties instead of one big party that is got two factions and essentially is all out for the same thing. And then there's some renegades who are actually trying to do something to help the situation of the people in their own country. And that's the same thing in Europe. So the tide is in our favor. All this is a new development, and this is the way things are tending. But you're talking about people who are powerfully entrenched, and they're determined to hold on to their hegemony. And because they are ruthless, we're in for some very dangerous times. But I think ultimately, there's no way. They're on their way out. They're already, their days are numbered, and they can see it. And that's one of the reasons why they're getting so hysterical with their rhetoric and becoming so open about being oligarchies, you know? Right. Remember, I mean, Elon Musk didn't end up buying Twitter, which is a shame. But when when it was a prospect that he was going to buy Twitter, everybody's all upset suddenly <laughs> <laughs> because it's he was going to protect the freedom of speech. Right. So now we know. The United States government is not for the freedom of speech. Yes. Right. Neither are the European authorities. They were both talking about uh, all kinds of investigations and cracking down and shutting down Twitter if necessary. And you can now, okay, now we know. Now right. we know what we're dealing with. Exactly. I, I think the next country in Europe that may change would be Spain. I think they have elections in 23. The Vox Party, uh, People's Party has come back and they, they may be the next. You know, France. Uh, beat back uh, the National Front or what was the National Front. Germany does not seem to be changing. Um, Although they make it cold this winter, that could help. Yeah, that I could mean, help, right. You right. know, it's like, I mean, that's one of my, well, answer Chuck's question, I'm sorry. Well, no, that's absolutely true. Spain, for years, people have said, I, I, I know a guy uh, who goes over there, spends about half the year there every year, and he used to say to me, they're completely resigned. The Spanish people have already given up. They are. They see this mass Muslim migration and they think the Andalusian caliphate is coming back and there's nothing yeah. we can do about it. But recently, in the last couple of years, he starts. he's saying that he sees a change and that uh, people in Spain are not anymore will, resigned and willing to just say this is inevitable and there's nothing we can do. Well, in Andalusia, very major change in the Spanish election. And and France, I wouldn't count out, you know. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Macron hung on, but then uh, Le Pen's party won major gains in the assembly. Mm -hmm. The story isn't over there. He only won because he was starting to sound like them, just like the prime minister of Sweden. And so even if they, it may end up that they succeed in maintaining their hegemony by giving up the reasons that they wanted it in the first place, <laughs> well, that would be okay. Yeah. Well, they had an interesting elections in Andalusia a couple months ago, and it's been controlled by the left and the social democrats for for a long time. And in fact, Vox and, and the People's Party overthrew it and yep. put it in a conservative one. So I think there is hope again. I went to school at the University of Salamanca. And so they have a, you know, a long time of being resigned, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, uh, I you think things are encouraging. Right. <laughs> hey, well, Robert, I want to thank you. I, I think it's good you brought optimism here. That's good in the midst. Yeah. And, so, and, and thank you for your time we again today. We sure much. appreciate it very much. Thank you. Always good to talk to you folks. All okay, right, thank take you. care. Robert Spencer, dear.
you can go to his website, Jihad Watch. He has a lot of stuff up there. And also, like I said, I yeah, he's him. on townhall.com. I mean, every place. I've seen him in all kinds of different places. Well, he got um, introduced him by, by uh, being on Peter's show. Um, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, oh, that, this is from Charlene. I hear the uh, Italian elections will start the turnaround. That's and everybody's saying Spencer's great. He is great. Yeah, that's what, you know, Chuck, that's what you were saying, too. Mm-hmm. And um, before, I think it didn't. Um, necessarily what happened in Europe, there wasn't a connection here. But not not the exact connect. Not where it's the exact same political attacks by the left, the exact same right. issues. Um, it's it's they, they parallel now almost totally. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So want to switch gears, guys. And again, weigh in on Zoom. Um, if you want to call in 888-627-6008. I want to talk about the latest on the raid. So um uh, you don't even know where to start. I guess let me say that this is my thing on this. We've seen this script before. It's the same corrupt actors, some of the exact same people. Mm-hmm. It's the same corrupt unit party. It's the same corrupt media peddling the narrative. It's This is the exact same playbook as the Russia hoax, right? Well, they don't have any other playbooks. No, they don't. Well, you start out with a lie. And, and the Russia hoax thing, it was the DNC was hacked. Well, the DNC was not hacked. But if you have that lie and you scream it loud enough and you get your media puppets to repeat it enough and you get your usual talking head suspects to repeat it enough all of a sudden everybody forgets that wait this is all based on a lie um and pretty soon and they used it to obstruct truck trump for years and launch investigations um and i think the exact same thing is going on now they base it on a lie that trump has all these top secret classified documents um that are danger to national security they repeat that lie the talking heads scream and scream and scream and now they're calling for investigations here trump can't run there um the corrupt media jumps on board this time at least some of the corrupt rhinos have been a little bit quieter yes, about yes, it. Yes, the Lindsey um, Grahams and all that. And that is what gives me hope because, again, I think everybody out there is paying attention to this. Is like, hey, we saw this before. We've seen this before. We don't believe the FBI. And then, you know, why don't you talk, talk from a lawyer point of view, the document that they filed, the 40-page document basically explaining why they didn't need a special master to look at the documents because they already did. I mean, and then the lawfare people filing an amicus brief. I mean, they're the ones behind it mm-hmm. all. I mean, it's it's just well, it was interesting. You're normally limited these days in federal court to 20 page briefs. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, once they when I was clerking, you know, you you were limited by the fact that that you didn't have uh, word processors, and so you right. had to do corrections. So nobody wanted to do 200 page briefs and stuff. And now now with word processor, you can just blab it on forever said no no we need twice as much we need 40 pages um and so before they even filed their 40 pages this amicus brief comes in 20 pages by these seven rhino people who are all former prosecutors and republicans like christine todd whitman the rhino governor of new jersey uh, william well the rhino governor of massachusetts and they say you know we have a huge background in this and and we should uh we we can we can help advise the court. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the forty pages, which is absolute garbage. You know, there's all saying law. Uh, the facts are on your side. Argue the facts. The laws on your side. Argue the law. And if neither is, get up and down and just start screaming. Just start screaming, which is what this table. was. Well, this yeah. is forty pages. Of, this is national security. You understand that? This will have incredible. Oh, what will we do? Uh, yeah. It'll it'll impede our investigations. Even Why? though we waited two years. 
And then and they have every document there. Right. They already know every document. Um, and, mean, it's, it, it, and, and it was interesting because the 20 pages uh, written by the attorneys for the seven little rhinos um, was much better, much better argued, much be- more uh, uh, logical thinking, much more greater recitation. I mean, they've been working on this one for about five years. Well, they, came, they-, up with the, they came up with the plot. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they've yeah. been sitting on this. I mean, when you look at it, it's the same people. Over the, what were their names? It was like and Julie Kelly in the um, in AM Greatness. I think it was AM Greatness had a good thing. So we're talking about Susan Rice, Avril Haines. And then what's her name? Monaco. Um, um, Monaco. Monaco. Lisa Monaco. Yeah. So all these people were involved in the Obama administration. And they were the ones who convened, first of all, to talk about the Russia in, uh, in election interference in the United right. States, right? And that, and we all know what went from that. This Monaco person was the one who went with um, Comey to testify before Congress, right? And, and about, she's now number two at the State Department. She's now number two at the, the, the Justice, Justice Department. Department. Susan Rice is Biden's um, domestic policy advisor. And Avril Haines is the director of national intelligence, which the Department of Justice is now trying to throw all of this under. Yeah. I bet you any day now, she's going to show up before Congress because, of course, everything is sealed. We can't actually see it, no. except for what they carefully, meticulously leak out to the, right? New, York Times. To the New York Times and the, the Washington, Washington Post. Post. Next, there's going to be a congressional hearing where Haynes is going to show up. They're just going to you know, leak even more stuff. And it's the same old playbook that we've seen before. I think this time, though, people aren't buying it as much. I think, you know, we'll play a soundbite. Well, my... Is Jacob? Uh, oh, is somebody up? raising their hand? Did somebody want to weigh in? Me. There? OK, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Thank you, Chuck. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So you, earlier in the week or last week, um, uh, Zuckerberg said that the FBI came down to visit him and to suppress all the information about the laptop. And and then who was head of the um, Department of Justice back then was Mr. Bill Barr, yeah. who who testified at the at the January 6th hearings that there was no uh, interference in the election, right? <laughs> okay, let's go, let's fast forward now. You have this lady, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Peters I, um, from um, Grand Junction. She's going on trial next week. Yes, okay. Okay, so my first question would be to the, I guess the prosecution brings up their witnesses first. I'm sure the first one's going to be Jenner Griswold. And yeah. I my first question would be to her, are you suppressing any information that you had from the from the election? Yeah. Just yeah. like just just like the like the FBI told somebody to uh, suppress the information. Maybe the FBI told you, Jenna Griswold, to suppress. Yeah. It. Did, 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 the objection and then the Democrat. <laughs> Democratic appointed judge would would say that's inappropriate. Question. Uh, but no, you're right. I mean, that's a thing, Jacob, but you're right. And it's a playbook we see not just in Trump. You're right. You see yeah. the same playbook over and over and over again. They yeah. make up a lie. They tell it. They get their media whores to repeat the lie often enough. And then pretty soon, all of a sudden, what's a lie becomes reality. And then a few years down the road, you're like, oh, I guess that was all a lie in the first place. Um, and, some- you know, when are we going to and well, I think we have reached that point. You know, when are we going to quit falling for it? Um, and hopefully yeah. we're there now. No, but that would be my first question yeah. to, to Jenna Griswold. And then and 
let her lie her way out of it. But usually you can't answer a lie with a lie. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there'd be an objection to the question. Yeah, they wouldn't and the her. judge wouldn't let her answer. But, I promise but, you. But because they don't want to get the truth out. But no, hey, no truth. <laughs> good point, Jacob. Thank you for yeah. weighing in. Appreciate right, it. Well, All right. Okay, take care, Jacob. So here's what Mike Davis said. This is why this whole declassified documents, top secret documents, inappropriate storage, because they talk a lot about the storage. I think they're kind of nervous about the declassification issue. So then they jump into right away, well, it's not being stored properly, right? But like Mike Davis points out, and we'll play a soundbite from him in a second. He is a former law clerk for Neil Gorsuch. He said, number one, the president alone can declassify any records they want and take copies when they leave the office. Number two, the espionage Act. They're throwing that around, right? The commander in chief trumps the Espionage Act, trumps playing words there. And then finally, he said the Presidential Records Act trumps any general rules on government property. So the bottom line is, is exactly what Trump has claimed is he had an absolute right to have all those documents there. And because they're declassified, he can store them any way he wants. Um, well, it's and- interesting in, 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 in the Rhino amicus brief, there's a very well articulated argument that that there is a way for a president to claim executive privilege over documents, uh, and that is to go t- before a district court in the District of Columbia, which is which means lefties. Yeah. You'll never get it. Right. Um, and so it was interesting, though, that, you know, they'd but stuck the that in is, there. But the point is, if he's already declassified everything. I mean, that's the lie. Like if the DNC was hacked, well, the DNC wasn't hacked. So you're like, well, if Trump had these documents that were more classified, it doesn't matter. He could, it could. And he said he did declassify them. So all of them were declassified. So they could have been anything in there. Well, they, they act that like, like it, that, that where he stored them was supposed to be hermetically sealed <laughs> and no one could look at the documents. I mean, he brought them to the White House so he could look at them. <laughs> and right, so, and so if he was hiding them, putting them in your desk, <laughs> uh, in your top drawer next to your passport, it's not real. No. It's not a real, you know, and then they say, you obstructed justice, which they did the exact same thing in the uh, Russia Gate one, which is anything. Everything is obstructed. Any attempt justice. to defend yourself is that. So let, if we could play, and Mike Davis does a great job explaining this. He's a former um, law clerk for Justice Gorsuch. If we could please play the Mike Davis soundbite. Biden Justice Department and the FBI has a pretty bad track record as it relates to President Trump. We've seen that they have weaponized, they have politicized law enforcement repeatedly to get Trump. This is uh, this was an unprecedented, unnecessary, unlawful home raid on a former president. The, the whole legal basis for the raid has been blown apart. They they went after Trump. They said he may have violated the Espionage Act. That's not even possible. As the commander in chief, he can declassify anything he wants. They say he may have stole or uh, misused government property under the Presidential Records Act and other statutes. That's just not possible. There's a 2012 a decision by an Obama judge that that former presidents can take personal records with them when they leave office. So there goes the uh, the obstruction allegations. It's it's legally impossible to obstruct non crimes like they're trying to uh, investigate here. There's a there's a track record of lying in this case. Exactly. I mean, and then they like first, and they 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 redact everything, so we can't see what's actually there because there is no there there. And then they they do these orchestrated leaks, and in part, I mean, this special masters thing, the whole thing was designed to be able to show the picture at the end, right? They show these pictures, and I want to point out, look pretty carefully. President I'm not Trump sure where they found these con- pictures, but the it, the rug matches 
Well, um, they only showed one picture. Yeah, the, the, okay, that's a. right. Exhibit the the rug that the documents are on is the same exact rug that Lauren Bobert was. Lauren Bobert was standing on, and she had her picture taken with the president at something recently, right? right? So it's like, so is Trump having pictures taken in you know in in, in his secret storage room? Or, no, no, they just no. brought him upstairs. And yeah, they dragged or, him. Out. Ordered in Chateaubriand, and I mean that's clearly staged. And if they're so top secret, how can they be showing to us? And again, you don't want to get bogged down in there is no rhyme or reason to it. The whole thing is a lie. But this then allows everybody to say, see, Trump secret. Now, who knows, you know, whether they drew that with crayons. Well, they didn't draw with crayons. But I mean, the whole thing is a hoax there. And if we could please then play the picture soundbite. This is Jason um, Chavez on Fox today. The uh, picture soundbite, please. President Trump of trying to conceal classified documents at his Florida home. This as Trump adds Florida's former solicitor general to his legal team ahead of a key court hearing tomorrow. Let's bring in Fox News contributor Jason Chaffetz, a former Utah congressman. It's interesting to me about this photograph. And then Byron York from The Examiner, he was tweeting about this too. It's unusual to get information like this. We've been asking for more information. So now you have this photograph around. And in a way, it looks like that this is just how they found the documents that lying all over the floor at Mar-a-Lago, which is extremely unlikely. Obviously, right. these were placed there. But the visual, Jason, leaves, might leave people with the wrong impression. Well, the impression I got is that it was a, pu- a public relations effort. That yeah. This is not needed in a court document to make the case to the sitting judge. This was put out there knowing that they were going to go out there to the media. And I would love to see on the far right side there, there's framed photos of Donald Trump on the cover of Time magazine. What in the world does that have to do with this idea that there are classified documents? And what's behind those classified documents? The idea that they spread them out across the floor and started taking pictures of them does not instill confidence in how we're supposed to like do how justice. How confidential are they? Yeah, exactly. How? What else were they taking pictures of along the way? And this is not how we're supposed to administer justice in this country. No. And, well, and the Trump people have hinted that they have surveillance video um, that they will release at the right time. So you got to wonder if it includes stuff like this, right, of the FBI agents getting all the stuff and then laying it on the floor. I mean, that's just outrageous behavior. And I agree with them. Don't you think the only reason that that was put in there was to, for the PR effort? The, the well, judge doesn't need a picture. They had a wonderful one on George Stephanopoulos on ABC. He said, I was shocked by this picture. This picture tells everything. A picture tells a thousand words, this is, which is exactly what the Justice Department wanted. They wanted this made-up little photo. And so the George Stephanopoulos of the world said, guilty. Yeah, totally well, guilty. Well, and again, but it's the same thing, and they all know it's a lie. And here's my hope, and I guess maybe if you guys, you know, let us know what you think, and Chuck, you can let me know what you think. I just think it's not working as well this time. Everybody before was all we got to let the and the, the Russia hoax, right? We got to let that we got to let it play out. We mm-hmm. don't know, you know, the DNC was hacked. We need to find out who hacked it. And until Michael Tao, the great, was like, there was no hack, guys. There was no hack, and and other people too. Well, luckily, a uh, Bill Barr has come out. To defend the Mar-a-Lago, so they had to. This is absolutely. I mean, <laughs> no. uh, you know, could you show that you're you're more of a biased a little never Trumper from the very beginning? I mean, that you really were one more hack. And and poor Trump, all he hires are hacks. I mean, Bill Barr, you know, does his thing. I mean, just go down the line of of god awful people. From from uh, Ray of the FBI, to just amazing. Well, and I think 
but I, I don't think it's going to be nearly as effective as it was before. I think they're going to use it to, I mean, their, their plan is still the same and the plan has certain effective aspects to it, right? Trump's got to deal with this now that gives people to jump stuff to jump up and down. Nobody's talking about the fact that Biden's approval numbers went back down even more. Nobody's talking about inflation. Nobody's talking about the jobs report that should be coming out anytime soon that looks like it's going to be worse. Nobody's talking about the housing market and how that is change or grocery prices and everything well going the, up. the so, key is 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 the is the rhino people and the us department going to be able to say oh no you can get a nice fair hearing in dc in front of a an Obama, oh, I'm sure. Obama judge or will this woman have enough uh, and i like her background because it's the same as mine right um that that uh she's gonna go no no we're, we're good right here um, they'll say, well, we'll take it up to the appellate court. Oh, the Fifth Circuit? Yeah, that's a good one. It's not mostly a Trump appointee. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Um, or, or is she going to, they had uh, Lawrence Tribe, who used to come out and give all these reasonable statements, and then he got too old to be ever to be appointed <laughs> to the court. So now he's just vicious, right? He's just political vicious. He's kind of like Merrill Garland before he became attorney general and Mary Carolyn after he says, you know, does she want to know as a hack and a one and all the political people and law, legal people will, will be grossed out or she do the right thing and get rid of this. You know, I mean, it's just, well, disgusting. you know, and I think though this is from Dr. Donna replying to Johnny. It's like, I'm amazed at how many people have no idea what we're talking about. Um, that, that, from Stephen, the deep state, Bolshevik, Democrats, MSM, big tech and establishment Republicans will make sure Trump is never reelected. I don't know that they can make sure of that, but you can bet they're, they're taking everything they have and they're throwing it at him to hope. And from Johnny, I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone when I talk to my Democrat family. Yes. And, and, and yes. you know, and I take there's some bad things and then some good things, because I think you're right. If you were to go out there and try to talk to people about it, just the people you run into every day. I think most of them would not really know what you were talking about. On the other hand, though, what I find good about that with this raid is most people don't care. I, I think that that here again, they don't have they can't talk about the economy. They can't talk about crime. They can't talk about anything else. Well, they can they can they can go to their whatever percentage of the population that's in the Democratic MSNBC crowd and 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 people will not know what they're talking about. Outside of that, though, people are starting to realize what is going on. But before we run out of time, I, I do want to say. Uh, oh, we got about five minutes. Well, so. I know, but, I, you know, this is this is this is very important. OK, I have no uh, idea what he's going to say, guys. Well, so I have no uh, idea. You, you know, <laughs> so, all, so everyone wait like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Julie has has uh, been playing golf for, for a long time. And, and <laughs> certainly since we got together 10 years ago. I'm sorry. And and she went to the PJ store and her swing was so bad that <laughs> that the PJ store refused to sell her drive. Like so literally, get, yeah, literally. In good conscience, we cannot sell. I you cannot a sell. I cannot charge you money for a driver. You're so awful. <laughs> now, of course, Rev makes fun again says you're not allowed in this store. I, 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 first of all, I was so annoyed at that. I won't even. But, so. but th- that was probably the low point in, in Julie's golfing <laughs> career. But today, today, I had she, a great lesson. She had a great yes lesson yesterday from Brianna. Uh, and it was at the range when a guy said, what to you? Oh, that's right. So first I want to give a plug to Brianna. She doesn't, I didn't even know you were going to talk about this. Brianna Morris, if anyone wants a golf lesson. So, so today I'm hitting after my lesson and this guy standing next to me, hitting next to me, he goes, he goes, very nice. He said, I wish I could get to where you are. So I was like, hooray, <laughs> one lesson. And of course, then she, I couldn't hit it at all. After well, he no, said then, that. She, then she got out and got an affidavit signed stamp oh. to deliver over to the PJ Superstore <laughs> so she could buy a driver. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> Thank you, Chuck. For okay. Back no, to that comment. <laughs> um, the trade makes everyone talk about Trump, not the real issues. That's right, Jacob. That's a point from Dr. Donna. I realize most of our base um, head over to Dr. DonnaWalter.com and sign up for a newsletter. I go into a lot of these issues as they pertain to Colorado. I'm from Charlene. I befriended a liberal teacher who didn't know about Epstein. And then she goes, that's funny, Chuck. <laughs> but you had a, didn't know about Epstein? It's like, well, there again, somebody pointed well, out. Well, but you befriended a liberal. So. No, no, there was a, somebody had tweeted. It's like, so we didn't see any pictures from the raid at Epstein's house, right? Yeah, right, but, right. but they go to Mar-a-Lago and the FBI yeah, spreads some documents on the floor. It's just, you know, I, the thing is, though, that's worrisome is I still predict that they will indict Trump. Or at least they'll constantly. There's going to be dribbles coming out every time but, they but, need but something. But now, the, but if the if the uh, judge retains jurisdiction in the Southern District of Florida, their their ability just to transfer everything up to Washington gets harder. Gets harder. Little legal maneuverings get harder. Well, and, and but again, as we've seen, they don't really care, right? The, I, I guarantee you, somebody's going to go. One of the one of those horrid, corrupt people is going to go before Congress and test about what they found and how it's a national security risk, which is ridiculous (laughs) if they waited all this time to go get it. And they have no evidence. And again, you don't want to get bogged down in that because it's all a lie. But they're just going to use this to keep throwing stuff out to say now Trump can't run for president. Well, now we're going to arrest him. I mean, just to constantly. And this won't be the only thing, right? There'll be more and more. Well, no, no, they they usually have things lined up. I mean, once he got off the Russiagate, it was immediately the Ukraine impeachment. After that impeachment, then it was it was the next impeachment, and then it was January sixth. And after January sixth, started faded out. Oh, it's a Mar-a-Lago raid. I mean, it's just it's it's a never-ending joke. That's right. Never-ending. Which joke. is why I would submit we need Donald Trump because Donald Trump is the one who has been through this. He understands what the stakes are. He gets mad about it. He stands firm. He doesn't cave in. Um, and I think, you know, Ron DeSantis is great. We've talked about this before, but not this time. This time, and, and all the people who say, um, well, it needs to be somebody, I mean, like Ron DeSantis, you think they wouldn't do the same exact thing to anybody who stood up for the principles that Trump stands up oh, for? Yeah, the yeah. exact same thing. They do the exact same thing to him. Um, and and Trump at least has the intestinal fortitude. Um, you know, sometimes I think there's almost a part of Trump that that likes this, that thrives on yeah. this, right? Well, well, they had Ronnie Jackson on. He's a physician that was a White House physician for President Obama and for and for Trump, and then got elected down in Texas to the House. Um, and he said, Nobody trusts the FBI and see <laughs> FBI and DOJ. Right, yeah. Nobody. You've got to be kidding me. Oh, that's right. Well, the, just a couple of things from Charlene. The liberal teacher was confused about inflation, but couldn't quite pin it on Trump. Exactly. <laughs> and then Johnny Johnson says, I talked to a 72-year-old black guy, and he said Trump started a war. I told him he never heard about this. <laughs> In his world, Trump does no good. So, hey, on Party Friday, I already have a video. For us, um, it's going to take some editing program. for the end of the program. It's good. But we're going to start the show with some pretty disturbing video. I don't know if you guys have been following what went on in Douglas County. It's going on all over the country. They had a pride fest. Family friendly. Family uh, friendly. Sex show. It was. It was, it was drag queens, um, full frontal nudity. Um, and and the, they try to call it a wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, and so, right. you know, the Douglas County Commissioner is like, oh, maybe we shouldn't allow adult entertainment at a family friendly thing. 
um, at our at our county fairgrounds. It's like you think, really? you think, and and again, make no mistake. This is just this. It was an, an adult sex show, is what this was. And there are these little kids. There now, why anyone would take their kids? There was a whole because other thing. Sick. But the thing is, is they put out the lies again that it was a wardrobe malfunction. Oh, and we're so like sorry. This. I mean, yeah, it was not. A, so we're going to show some of the video of that. So I want to caution you. It's a little bit caution. Yeah, it's a caution. Bit, and some of the stuff that's played there. But I think we just need to know that we are fighting for this country and for our families and their future on so many levels. Um, we need more Red Bull. No, I'm kidding. Red Bull. <laughs> and vodka. And, and, and Budweiser. <laughs> and Budweiser. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. We appreciate everybody. Uh, we preach Robert Spencer. He's a real treasure, a real treasure. Um, thanks, Jacob, for coming on and Shirley and everybody. So thank you. When we'll see you all on Party Friday.